Let's bow. O Thou Eternal One, O Lord, that hast declared Thy holy will unto mankind and prepared the way back to the Creator, dear Father, and it's our privilege to proclaim this again and again from this pulpit and to live it out, a witness of the truth that we have embraced. To the look in favor upon us and bless unto us thy holy word in this afternoon hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, a few verses. Just a few verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. I've read three verses. This morning we heard about the wonderful institution that God has planned and instituted for mankind. First the one of marriage and then of mothers and fathers. Back in the 1800s, I believe it was, they came up with the Mother's Day to celebrate, to honor mothers throughout the world. And like with anything that's precious, it doesn't take long for the adversary to make something cause a distraction. And now we have all kinds of days. Just about every day in a year has something, and some of them they are quite contrary to what the Bible teaches. We find something that at first was pitied, then sort of tolerated, now it's being imposed on us. And uh, the pressure is on the officials uh, in public office to participate in even in parades that the Bible are against the principles that the Bible teaches. And pressure is put upon them. Time ago, when countries, at least in the Western world, they base their constitution on the principles of the Bible. Now we see things are just contrary to it. And those institutions which were once <clears throat> accepted without question that of parents, mothers, fathers, the family unit, now the attack is on even these institutions which have been around 
from time immemorial. It's being taught as a matter of something being obvious, as a basic right, and that should not be questioned. And if you observe the news and think a little bit, you can see that some of those things are decided even without asking people for input to it. There's no vote taken on it, no referendum. It's just done by the politicians in Europe, here. Just it's a right, as if it is an inborn right without question. We see how these things are happening and those that <clears throat> have not yet fully accepted the truth of the Bible and embraced it and obeyed it, open your eyes and see what's happening. See what's happening out there and ask yourself, ask yourself, what is going on? Now, the Bible later on in this chapter says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is just no other explanation that the powers of evil are behind it and have their heyday. And it's so important that we stay close to the word, that the word is proclaimed from this pulpit, that we hear it, that we meditate here upon it, even at home, that we consider what it means and open our eyes and see what's happening around about us. And young people that live up in this world, see where things are heading. Look at the Bible. You are privileged in being exposed to the truth. You are very privileged so you can decide. Not like the majority of people out there which they don't know anymore what is right, what is upside down. We see more and more confused people, more and more confused people not knowing. And it's sad to say, even those that we know, it's so hard to help them. The way the system is set up, the way the limits that the Bible once imposed on the society, even if they don't accept it, even if they don't believe it, but it was generally obeyed. Now they're done away with and people just don't know what to do. <clears throat> now, God in his marvelous plan saw to it that children, especially young children, should be in the care of their mothers. And how that bond is established and how important that bond is. How important it is. When you read the Old Testament and read the Kings and Chronicles and often it says, and his mother was so-and-so, the daughter of so-and-so. It says it many times. God thought it very important that it be mentioned. And you could tell, you could tell how sometimes, how those babes that were born and became adults and became kings, how they reigned. And the influence that especially their mothers had upon them. Seems to be the fathers, they are more detached, going about their business, and if they had many wives, many children, how could they attend to it? You know, when Jesus set them straight again and said, God made them male and female, he meant one family. 
and that the children should be in the care of the parents, especially the young ones in the care of the mother, and there comes a time when the father takes over and gets more involved too. That's why in Proverbs it says, <clears throat> train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he will not depart from it. There is a great blessing, a great blessing of training up a child in the right way. And here we have it. Here we have it. How important does God think that parents are? If you look, even the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments, the first one, no other gods beside the Lord God, no graven image to bow down to it, not taking the name of the Lord in vain, and then a day set aside for worship, all about God. But then right away when it comes to other relationships, honor thy father and mother. Honor thy father and mother. How important did God think that was? He put it right in the Ten Commandments. And Jesus Christ reiterated it when they spoke about traditions which changed the commandment of God. He says, the commandment of God said, if anybody curses father and mother, he should die the dead. So important God considered it. Honor the father and mother. Honor is more than obeying, although obeying is also required. We honor our parents. God expects us, commands us in his commandment, as long as we are children, as long as we are the children to our parents. As long. There may come a time as you get an adult when when it is not anymore so much obeying your parents, but honoring is still required. And even after they pass away, you honor their memory. If you don't honor your parents, the Bible would indicate and say, well, how can you honor God? How can you honor God, whom you don't see? There may be some of us here which may have had terrible parents. But even then, does that free us from honoring them? As long as they, children may be suffering it under it, and the Bible alludes to it here also here. <clears throat> and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And perhaps not every parent does that. But then when you think of it, how we should honor those for whom we work. When it says, servants, obey your masters, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward, also the one that is difficult to get along to. And surely there have been children which had difficult parents. And while they were under it, it was hard. It was hard to tell them. But there comes a time when we are grown up and not anymore 
and a direct obedience of our parents, there comes a time when we can set things aright and still honor them. And I believe God will bless that. Because here he tells us, <clears throat> that's the first commandment with promise. It's the first commandment with promise that has not changed. That God has a promise for you if you honor your mother and father. It is a truly a blessing when you can look back and be free from any grudge, any unforgiveness, any ill feelings toward your parents once they have passed away, even. It's a blessing. And a blessing that goes on. You know, when, <clears throat> when God declared his name, And to Moses, <clears throat> and the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. That may be a difficult verse to interpret, especially the last part, when he visits the iniquity of the fathers under the third and fourth generation. And it does happen. It does happen. But you ask yourself, how can this happen? And the best explanation I can come up with is <clears throat> the examples that they see in their fathers, in their grandfathers, and here even the great-grandfathers, because in those times, Perhaps people lived longer and saw more generation. They married younger. That it affected the children, children's children, to the third and fourth generation. And when they saw a good example to follow, they were blessed. Now, you may have had an upbringing that's not as it should have been. You may have been provoked to anger to dislike your parents and so forth. But there comes a time when it's for you to set things right. To set things right. And unless you forgive, the Bible says, without exception, without exception, neither will you be forgiven. You must also realize that maybe your parents that treated you that way were the product of Examples that they saw and grew up with and were affected by it. Now you that have been exposed and known the truth, do you want to obey it and break that chain and rather start a chain of blessings? Should the Lord tarry under the third and the fourth generation? 
Do you want to be that blessing? The Lord promises it. It's a commandment. So make right. Make right, if at all possible, while they are still here. If they're not anymore here, it's difficult. But still, with the Lord, all things are possible. When the Lord sees a willing heart, a heart that humbles himself, he will show a way, a way of peace, a way of blessing. <clears throat> the time that we live in, we see how the things are changing rather rapidly. <clears throat> At noon, I spoke with a brother that in other part of this world, where also they once believed the way we believe, by God's grace, not because we are any smarter, by God's grace, and God's grace abounds when we humble ourselves, they have left those things. The truth has been compromised. And the fastest way to compromise the truth is by letting those join that don't believe the way we believe, the way our conviction is. And that's why it's so important that we be very careful whom we accept, whom we say brother, whom we say sister. Because we see, and as, as you see more and more, because the opportunity now is to, to reach and see things in this world, and what people believe and so forth, it's very few that I found that we can say, yes, they uphold, at least say they uphold these things. But then when it comes to practicing those things, will they? Of the main dominations here on this continent, <clears throat> I have not found that will uphold, especially that one principle about non-resistance about not taking arms, not practicing arms for killing people. I have not found of the main denominations. There are some which perhaps believe like we do, but in some things don't practice the way. And the apostle exhorts us to be of the same mind, the same judgment, according to the word, of course. Not our own judgment, but the judgment according to the word of God. Let the word speak. Let the word be real. Let the word be proclaimed. Let the word be obeyed. Yes, <clears throat> the institution of marriage <clears throat> has been instituted by God, father and mother. And God, as we heard this morning, reveals a special attribute of himself, in having instituted the marriage of a husband and wife and children that should honor them, that should honor them. Let's take that to heart. Let's draw close to the word. Let's stand up and be counted when it is time to speak, and let's keep quiet when it's time to be quiet. But above all, let's open our eyes and see what's going on. And the young people that still make decisions and have to still make the most important decisions of all, see what is going on. You are blessed. You have been exposed to the truth. Judge what you see by the word of God and choose rightly. To God be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen.
Some may have found this to be hard works, but words, well, it's uh, for us to examine whether that's what the word says. God is no respecter of person. And in God's wisdom, we see that the responsibilities toward and the accountabilities too are based on position, not on performance. We are to obey, servants obey their masters, not only to the good and gentle, but also the forward. Children obey your parents, not because they do everything right, but because they are your parents, and will give account for it. This humility, that's very hard, if not impossible. But with God's help, it is. It is. What's not possible with men, it is possible with God. And God especially honors those that do honor him. Comes to mind the story about the Rechabites. Rechabites, they had a father called Jonathan, and he had commanded them that they should not drink any strong drink, and they should not live in houses made with stones, but in tents. Now the father was gone, but the Rechabites still held to it. And the prophet was sent by the Lord to, to the Rechabites, and he invited them to the temple, put vessels before them with wine, and said, drink. And they said, no, we will not. And he said, why not? Because Jonathan, our father, had commanded us that we should not drink strong drink, nor live in, in strong houses, but in tents. And then the Lord said, because they honored their father. He was gone already. There should not fail a man of them to be before him. Now, we may think that some of the things that our parents told us that we should do unreasonable, and let's qualify that. Nobody can ask you to do something that's sinful. Nobody. We should obey nobody to do sin. But there are many other things that can be said. They may have told us something, and we, even if they're gone, by honoring them, God will bless us. God does not shortchange anyone. He is mighty, he is wise, he wants to bless. But our part is lacking. And that's where we need to be aware of it, humble ourselves, and follow what the teaching of the Bible says. May the Lord bless his word on us. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes.